this morning, friends, comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 12 through 23. Now when Jesus heard that John the Baptist had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun and Naphtali on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. People who sat in darkness have seen great light. And for those who sat in the region of shadow and death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim repent. For the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called to them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, curing every disease and every sickness among the people. This, friends, is the word of God for us, the people of God. It's a regular work day for these four men, for Simon and Andrew and James and John. There's nothing particularly special happening. They're just going about as they do every other day. Wake up, get to work, fish from sunup to sundown. It's not a particularly glamorous job, I imagine, being a fisherman. I've never done it. Um, I actually have spent very, very little time in the water. That's mostly because I get incredibly parsed, and so boats seem like a bad idea. <laughs> but it has to be hard work, doing manual labor all day. Nets are expensive and delicate, and they somehow seem to always need mending. Being a fisherman can't pay well. These men labor all day to make a modest income so their families can survive. It's work that's dirty and physically demanding and average. In biblical times, to be a fisherman is an everyday job for an everyday man. There's just nothing particularly special about it. These men are sweaty and dirty already from their work when Jesus arrives, smelling strongly of fish, which personally is my least favorite smell. <laughs> this day, as I've said, is like any other day for them. That is, until a man named Jesus walks along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, much like the prophet Isaiah had said he would. Prophesying that upon this shore, darkness would be greeted with light, that light would dawn. 
And so it would seem that we found the fulfillment of these words, that Jesus is the fulfillment of the prophet, and somehow it doesn't seem to quite match up. Isaiah says this incredible light will come, that darkness will be washed out, and it's just a guy standing on the beach. The first two men he meets are Peter and Andrew, two brothers on the water in their family's boat. They work together to make a living, perhaps to provide for aging parents, for wife, children, maybe even sisters who've lost their husbands or have yet to be wed. As Jesus watches together, they throw their net into the sea. And just as it hit the water, Jesus says, stop doing that. Get out of the water and come follow me. We're going to fish for people. And they do. The curious thing about this is that Jesus has offered them a job proposition, and he's only seen them for a moment. He's only seen them in a second of them throwing a net into the sea, and he calls them to come on. It's one of the fastest hiring processes I have ever seen. There's no resume required. They don't learn the benefits of this job. Jesus sees them throw a net, and he says, come on, friends. He doesn't ask about their other abilities. He doesn't ask about their availability or their obligations. He doesn't care about their education or lack thereof. He sees unfazed by their wet clothing, their low social status. He doesn't demand they change, that they stop to scrub the grime out from under their fingernails or shower to get rid of the fish scent. He sees them, and he hires them on the spot. All he's seen is that they can throw in it, that they might be capable of catching a fish. And so he calls them to come with him. He's going to take them with him to fish for people. And what is in I think one of the strangest responses of the Bible, they just go. They don't know who this man is. Jesus is at the very beginning of his ministry. There's not a lot circulating about him. They've been given no details about what following him might entail. There's no description. There's no promise of stability. There's no salary guarantee. They just hear the words, follow me, and they go, without doubt or hesitation. And what makes this even stranger is that what Jesus says makes no sense. Come with me. We're going to go fish for people. And they go. What's even more baffling about this story to me is not that it works once, but that it works twice. Somehow this is an incredibly effective recruitment strategy for Jesus. As just as they begin to follow Jesus, before introductions have been made, before they know what they've gotten themselves into, Jesus sees two more men, again brothers, James and John, in a boat, this time with their father, mending their nets working together as a family to provide for their 
And Jesus calls to them, but this time we don't even get the words. We're going to go fish for people. He just says, come on. That he pays no attention to their qualifications or their dirty appearance or their unimpressive life. He just calls. And they leave everything, including their father, to follow him. With no description of what they will be doing, with no itinerary to review, they just go. Following this Jesus guy, with no plan, and no idea of how risky this might be. Oftentimes we read this passage, and it gets preached as this inspiration of faith. At least in some of the context I've been in, right? We get told we should be as faithful as these men are. We should be willing to just go fish for men and women to go make disciples. But this question also, this passage also leaves us with the question of why. For us, we know the full story. We aren't at the beginning. We get to read the book to the end. We know who Jesus is. We know that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is the Savior, a lover, and a comforter. We know he's going to perform cool miracles, and he's going to do good things. We know what the disciples are in for. And so it's not hard for us to say, yeah, you should do that. You should get out of the boat and go follow this stranger. But Peter and Andrew and James and John, they don't know. We have to realize they're sitting at the beginning with no idea of what the end will be. And that's a completely different realm of faith. It's easy to get out of the boat when you know how the story ends. It's harder to get out of the boat when it makes no sense. For us, getting out of the boat and following Jesus is hard, but it's also somewhat safe. We have stability. We know it's reliable. We may not always know what Jesus has taken us to do or where he's going to lead us, but we at least know the call is trustworthy. It's not so mysterious. For Peter, for Andrew, for James and John, how do you follow a call that has no foundation? How do you get out of the boat when you have no idea no inkling of what is going to happen, of where you will go, and what this will entail. Of who this random guy throwing out mysterious metaphors is. These men go with that. And we have to ask why. Because if we were watching this, if I was sitting on the beach just lounging, in my biblical beachwear. <laughs> it's definitely not a thing. <laughs> and I saw this happen. I would think these men had completely lost it. All of us would think these men have completely lost it. Their dad, who's sitting in a boat with their entire family relying upon their livelihood, who sees his two sons get out and just leave, has to think, what is wrong with me? 
that you are leaving your family, that you are leaving your livelihood to go follow this stranger who makes no sense. Their choice is against all social norms. There's no stability in it. It doesn't just affect them. There's whole, whole family structures that rely upon them. It makes no sense. And I can't think of a modern day example of this, to be honest. The answer is simple as to why they go, because they're called. And I think, friends, we underestimate the power and the impact of the call. That is when it is truly a call. Jesus calling out to these men is everything. They're simple men with average jobs. They're not highly educated. They're not in high demand. They're dirty and grimy and just a bunch of guys trying to get through another day of work. I imagine they feel like a lot of us feel, which is that if they die, it would deeply affect their family, but there's another guy to jump in the boat always. The impact of Jesus is that he sees them. That nothing about their lives or their appearance or their mediocre status matters. That he doesn't ask them to change. That he doesn't ask them to go through an intense vetting process. He doesn't ask them to sit down in front of a panel of well-educated people and prove why they're worthy. He doesn't ask them to spend three years and a hundred thousand dollars in school. He just sees them, fully sees them, and calls them to come. And they go in this one moment from being ordinary, unseen people who to the rest of the world don't matter, to being special, to being fully known, to mattering in some way, to being invited into doing something besides sitting in a boat every day for the rest of I think, friends, we often forget the power of really seeing someone. We forget that while these men might have preferred to keep their jobs, and I'm sure their family would have preferred that, that while they might have preferred comfort and safety and stability, that while they might have just seemed to completely limited to get out of a boat and abandon everything, they leave all that they have that's valuable and they walk away from the responsibilities of their life. They walk away from their father to Jesus because he sees value in them. Because with him, they're allowed to just be in all of the complexity that that is. They're allowed to be broken, to be flawed, to fall apart, to open up, to grow. We see that happen to them in the scriptures. They're invited to learn, to come along, to participate in the furthering. They're invited into a call right now as they are. Jesus gives them this beautiful gift of being seen, of being called. 
of mattering. He chooses to love them without a holdup or a caveat or hoops to jump through. He gets a second of them, and there's just this knowing. It's like a light switch moment. And it doesn't matter anything else about them. He sees them and he knows, and he says, come on. And that, friends, is a powerful, powerful gift. I think that is their why for getting out of the boat. These new disciples, they have a choice. The ability to choose to stay in their boats, to choose who is comfortable and familiar, and they risk everything. Having been fully seen, welcomed as they are, called out with no expectation, just out of pure love, they go to follow Jesus. Because how could you meet someone who's so willing to see you for all that you are, who calls you anyway and chooses, chooses to walk with you? How could you meet that and not get out of the boat? How could you meet a call someone so pure of intention and say, I think I'm going to sit in this instead. This passage tells us a lot about what it means to make disciples friends. That we are called to do it. That we should be bold enough to get out of the boat. The hypothetical boat. Or the real boat. I don't know. And it also gives us an example of how to do it. And that's the part of the scripture I don't think we pay enough attention to. Isaiah calls Christ a great light, which he has dawned. A light that casts out darkness. A light on the shore for those floating in the water. A light that sees us and calls us forward, beckoning us in a radically reckless, welcoming way. The scripture then tells us that in order to make disciples and spread the good news of Christ, we have to live like that too. We have to be people who are willing to stand on the shore, to see someone just floating by and say, come on. I don't care if you smell like fish. I don't care if you're unassuming and if you're unimpressive and if you don't matter and if you're just a cog and a wheel making things happen. We have to be willing to greet people the way Jesus greets these fishermen without care as to their social status or their dirty clothing or their menial job, without inclination to judge them or measure their worth before we invite them to come and walk on the shore with us. To see others in the way Christ sees them. To look at people and just decide they're worthy before you ever know anything else about them. That is the transformative part of the scripture, friends. That is who we are called to be. Not just people who get out of the boat, but people who will call.
people who don't hesitate, who don't care where you are and what you're doing, and more than that, people who will support others in the community. Because as these disciples stepped out of their boat and into a new world, they weren't alone. They had a community of people. They still had family that relied upon them. They still needed a way to make it through the world and a guide to do it. They didn't get out of the boat to be alone. They got out of the boat to form a new group. Jesus, friends, has seen us for all that we are. And if you've experienced a calling in your own life, we all have one. Spoiler alert. You know the gift of being seen. The gift of God seeing you and saying, you are worthy to come and do this thing. Come and be with me. And we respond to that by saying yes. Christ now invites us, friends, to be people who participate in that same gift of seeing. If you made it onto the shore, you don't get to just walk away. To call others into life with Christ without any sort of hesitation or caveat or expectation, that, friends, that is what the scripture is about. And that's really the hard part of it, in my opinion. Sometimes I think it's significantly easier to make that one second decision to get out of the boat than to choose over and over again to stay on the shore. To keep seeing other people and offering them light. Thanks be to God.